Hello, Red Sox Nation. Welcome to another edition of Red Sox Rap 360, your weekly rudderless discussion on all things Red Sox. Poppy goes deep twice, blows up in the Bronx, able to salvage one game down there. Pretty decent 500 road trip for the Sox. We'll talk about that, and we'll look ahead to the upcoming homestand this tonight on Red Sox Rap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now... Let the buzz begin. Tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my word. What to be, what to say. Mother, have a great day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hope all the mothers out there had a great day. Probably snoozing now if you're back east. It's after midnight, after all. But uh, hopefully you went to bed with uh, a nice light head because David Ortiz, please don't retire, goes deep twice. Stephen Wright throws the first complete game for the Red Sox this year, and they salvage one out of the Bronx. How much do we love this Red Sox team? Yeah, we're big fans of this Red Sox team. Uh, it was looking pretty good about halfway through this week. I was feeling really good. Uh, we, got, we got knocked around a little bit in the two uh, games against the Yankees there, but... Yeah, Big Poppy. I guess, you know, you really just don't want to tick off this guy because when he gets focused, I mean, you see what happens. Two bombs today. Can we start some sort of Twitter campaign? I'll let you guys hash it out, you Twitterverse guys, but I don't know if you call them pound signs or hashtags, whatever have you. Hashtag stop giving Poppy gifts, and maybe we can get maybe the gift train to settle down and then maybe you know begging him to come back for one more season yeah. well there yeah. was a great little gift that uh someone stirred up in new york to say they they did they got ten thousand dollars raised to have a bench and um in uh, the park it's in central in park in new york city okay with uh poppy's name on it and all that stuff you can do that <laughs> oh, i <laughs> so. love that idea that's great. New Yorkers will be dealing hat. with that for a while. I got four bucks in on that, ten grand. Um, you, you know, it was great. And what I'll always think about, Papa, when you're bringing up the Yanks, is uh, when the new stadium came and that construction worker put Bobby's shirt. Sure. Yep. <laughs> and they that dug it great. up and everything. They dug it up. Been <laughs> about you know, 75 grand digging that thing up. That was nice. Uh that guy shouldn't have said anything. He should have never you said know, anything. He should have let them go have, uh, you know... <laughs> A babesque drought, you know, right. for like eighty plus years, and then bring it up. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's probably because I buried that jersey in there. Uh, but uh, Stephen Wright, can you say enough about this kid? He's unbelievable. He look, coming into the game, he was third in the AL in ERA, mm-hmm. so that only went down. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, thought talk it was, to me. I thought this guy's amazing. It, what's really got me tonight that I didn't, I mean, I guess I knew, but maybe I didn't see it as as clear it was. To, this guy can feel his position. Yep. I mean, he was all over the field tonight. There were a lot of, like, ground balls right back to him, a couple of weird plays. Uh, I mean, he just looks really comfortable out there. You can tell his teammates love him, which is, you know, the way he's pitched, it's tough not to have your teammates love you. But Poppy was all over him. He just looks comfortable and... I'm I'm excited about what this guy brings because it seems like he's settled down and he's just he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like just have him get in that Timmy Nuts mode, 
you know, where we're just like, okay, you can just think about who you're going to field for four pitches. You don't have to worry about number five spot or number four spot or number three spot, wherever he's going to be in there, because that guy's you're just going to re him up every year. Right. Boom. Here you go. Seven mil. That's yours. Oh, well, this day and age, it's probably more like 12 mil. But, you know, Timmy Nuts back in the day, it was that five mil re-up every year. Every year. It's just, know, they have, like, that endless uh, option on them that they just picked up <laughs> every fantastic. single year. And, like, you know, it's, it probably resulted in Timmy Wakefield's, you know, an- agent banging his head against the fucking... Uh, <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah. Keep it G-rated, gang. Uh, against the wall. But, you know... <laughs> It was good for the Red Sox. He had a happy client, you know. So happy client. I mean, he's got he's got a a job at every dealership in New England for the rest (laughs) of his life. Car dealership in New England, you know, fifty seconds of uh, commercial time, and he's you know. And he should eventually have Sullivan Tire is going to hire him for the next thirty years. (laughs) Up on that right field facade, you know, at some point. Um, You know, one thing interesting about uh, Stephen Wright is that yes, please. You know he, uh, you know he's right up there with the innings pitched with the rest of our uh, starters. Uh, he's got seven earned runs. He's only had two home runs, which is a little odd to me, especially for a knuckleballer. You would expect that they're going to be letting up a ton of bombs, right? Um, he might have had, he, he might doesn't. have three now because oh. he let up one tonight to right. b- b- let up the shutout. And then, yeah, uh, that was that was such a heartbreaker. Even so, was, he's so. not he's not letting up a ton of home runs. He yeah. does he does have quite a bit of walks. Um, but I mean, the average is like 172, which is great. Very economical tonight, throwing too. Um, did he even break 100 pitches? I don't think he did. Yeah, that's insane. How mm-hmm. about the play to end the game, uh, where he struck out the batter and the, it went all the way back to the backstop? Hannigan throws it down the line, and again, hand ram. Hand ram, dude. I mean, just an awesome play to handle that. He, I mean, he doubled it up. He tagged him and had the bag at the same time to just. And it was just an awesome play. And he had a couple nice picks this week, too. He's really, really played well. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't look great at the plate tonight, but he has been hitting well uh, as of late. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another reason why I want to start that campaign of stop giving Poppy gifts. Because, (laughs) I mean, I didn't mind that Poppy was retiring because I was thinking, all right, Hanram is destined for that DH role. But now he's playing such a serviceable first base. That's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, maybe we do bring in Edwin Encarnacion. At four years at 90 mil, just to be a DH for us. Mm. No? No. No? All right. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, you know, know, it's kind of tailor-made Fenway swing, but, you know, I hear you. Usually when we give out those big contracts, it isn't working. Uh, Case in point, number 24, Mr. David Price. What are we going to do with this guy? Did he finally get a blemish on the record? He did. He took a loss, right, the other day, 4-1? and He's 4-1. and Yeah. With a what, like the fourth worst ERA in the league, you know? Yeah. Uh, who's that? Who's who's playing rookie ball right I, now? I I think that, you know, David Price. I'm not I'm not super worried about him. I don't think anybody else in the Red Sox organization is super worried about him. I think yeah. it's more media that's blowing this up. I think the general consensus from people within the organization is that, you know, there's a couple thing, a couple mechanical things that he might be able to fix. Um, you know, his stuff still looks good. Let's let's just, you know, keep keep pace with what we're doing here. It's a I lot think he's gonna turn easier it around. to, you know, wait for him to 
round into form when the Sox are, you know, what, five games over 500 now or four games over 500? Apparently, Petey saw something in his delivery. (laughs) I heard about that. That That is great news. Yeah, it is. It is because he got somebody going last year, too, on the pitcher. Yeah, uh, he got a a hitter going. It was... uh, Was it Hanram? No. No, it was was, uh, the guys in Oakland now. Um, But, uh, yeah, first baseman. Uh, Oh, no. Not Napoli. Yes, oh, Napoli. He's in. He's where is he now? Cleveland. Cleveland. Sorry, he's with Tito. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he got right. Napoli going, and last he year. didn't get him going on like a four or five uh, weeks binge where he was raking. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, that's why this guy's destined to be a coach. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, he's not ready for the coaching range just yet, as he went deep with the bomb tonight and is hitting about three fifteen, top ten in the AL. Yeah. Maybe, maybe sixth. I don't know. I haven't been up on my AL leaders, but yeah, that was a that was a great first couple batters for us tonight. Um, Mookie Betts just watched a couple balls way outside, and then I felt like Dustin Pedroia just knew exactly what he was going to throw and just waited for that high heater exactly when he knew it was going to come and just unloaded on it. He's been going to the opposite field. The whole team, I think, Chili Davis must be having them kind of embrace that yeah. because I think how many of his he's got five home runs, Pedroia. I think at least three of them have been fairly short home runs to right field. But, I mean, they're home runs, and he's taking advantage of whatever situation he's in. Yeah. And it's it's nice to see the way he's playing this year. I keep bringing it up every week, but I don't know why I'm surprised by it. But every day he comes out and performs at the, at the level that you expect him to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously he's such a fan favorite. We, lo- we love to see him do it. Um and we want him to be around a long time and finish out his career at Red Sox, finish out this contract anyway, despite how many times you want to mention Yamakata. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Dustin's our boy, and he will be there. Oh, yeah. Um, so kind of a big deal this week, and, you know, kind of surprised we're getting it to it uh, even this late in the program. But Ron Maya Culpa. Going the other night. How about his umpiring in that Friday night game? It's like, you know, and that is just the game. You know, and I'm so glad that they were able to win the finale of that series. Thank God, because, you know, they had the stopper in there, old Stevie Knox. Uh, But that's kind of the game that can really send you on a bad turn for a little bit. You know, where... You know, a potential victory is snagged from your claws by the umpire. It was just... It could, but I, I really like the way everybody reacted to it. I mean, to see to see John come out and get in between Ortiz and the umpire, yeah. and, you know, you knew as soon as he came out... After he was getting gonna, ejected, so that's probably a fine Before I mean, before he got ejected, came out, got thrown out. Yeah. Um, really Tried like to, to see that. Tried to throw out the ump. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. And then, uh, you know, of course, uh, Ortiz got the third pitch, and he, you know, he went to the dugout and got tossed. And then, you know, John came back out with Ortiz. I just really liked the whole way they handled it. I mean, I know Ortiz was pretty embarrassed about that because typically he's not really associated with uh, making those those type of blow ups in the middle of games like that. But man, I just love seeing it. It's good to see he still got that fight. I love it. Yeah, yeah. he was pretty heated. That's another reason why I think. Hey, buddy. You know, what happens next May? How, how are those blow-ups going to find their way into your life? Yeah. They're not. No. You know? Your wife wants to watch, you know, Real Housewives? 
You're going to fly off the handle? <laughs> Can't do that at Dunkin' no. Donuts. No. No. <laughs> no. It's not going to be allowed. No. That is for the ball field. You've yeah. proven that in your career. <laughs> I mean, it's pr- probably why I'm lifeless. But, uh, you know, I mean... The guy, he's just hitting too good. I mean, like, it, and th- so these homers put him uh, second all time in Red Sox for home runs. Passes right Kali Stremski. Passes yep. Kali wow. Stremski. Yes, I mean, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so you you're looking, you know, as he goes up on the countdown, like every every single home run. And they they were saying the other day about, I think it was maybe on one of the MLB telecasts, and they were showing like last years of Yaz. And you know, Ted Williams, and you know, Poppy, and it's like speculating on what you show. And it's like the best uh, last year home run total was like 37, which was like, uh, I think it was Dave Kingman. He had 37 homers, and he was still like 38. Mm. So if he hits 37 homers this year at age 40 and hits over 280, it's like, how can this guy walk away? He's going to do it to you. Don't. Yeah. Do it. Don't. He's gone. Why announce it's, it before? Don't take the gifts. Leave it open. You know? I was One right on that. at 22 mil? <laughs> I was Boom. right on that train with you last week, but, you know, I think that over this past week I've come to accept. Come and, to and it's, with it? You know, it's not, it's, it's not that he can't play ball anymore, clearly. I mean, the guy can hit hit the cover off the ball every time, but... You know he's he's got other priorities in his life and and you know you got to kind of give him give, give him some respect for that I guess you know I guess he's ready Most to move on priorities that's that's real impressive. Yeah. Um, if you guys you know don't know these folks already, I mean you haven't been watching long enough. This is Ben Fay, Kevin Finn, I'm Mike Conley. This is Red Sox Rap 360. Guys, why don't you tell uh, folks out there what your Twitter handles are, just in case they want to hit us up mid-show, ask us a question. Yeah, when you're ready to call me out on uh, all the mistakes that I make on my statistics I and general references, <laughs> yes. you, can, uh, you can hit me at, at Benny Frickin' Jam. Yes. Just how it sounds. Just how it sounds. <laughs> at Kevin F. Finn. Yes. Two Fs, two, two Fs. Ns. Two Ns. Boom. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Hit those guys up. Let them know uh, they're doing a bad job, doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, feel free to pass notes along through me. Um, I think I have a Twitter handle up here, but uh, it's really not mine. Uh, so if I haven't responded, it's nothing against you guys. It's just that uh, Mike Conley and the Memphis Grizzlies haven't gotten back to you yet. Uh, and he's probably like, why is this, why are you asking me questions about David Price? <laughs> it's qu- quite frankly what he's probably saying. Um so yeah, hit them up. Uh, you know, check us out on YouTube. Let us know in the comments section if we're doing a good job or why we're doing a bad job. And uh, rate us on iTunes if you listen to us when you're on the treadmill Monday mornings. You know, maybe you're on the iTunes train. You know, just let us know. Let us know. Maybe we can sing a little bit for you to keep keep that output going. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we actually already did on the off the top of this mother. A little Great uh, <laughs> Danzig for you for all the mothers out there. Mm-hmm. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, any special notes to, to say to your respective moms? Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Mom and yeah, Grammy. That's it. That's nice. Happy Mother's Day to my wife Ooh. and my mother. That's it. Cash, cash, cash make a nice uh, nice cod for his mom he this did. week in school? Yep. Yep. Very nice, very nice. How are the Giants doing? Uh, they over 500 still? We're under 500. Oof. We got our first playoff game most likely this Saturday. Oof. Yeah, so keep me keep me abreast on that. I might have to come and uh, give my pipes yep. to the cause. Um, 
So the, the, you really uh, another guy that we've been pining to have back this week. Um, actually, before we go to that, let, let's not let Ron uh, Maya Culpa off the hook just yet. Uh, what thirty-one, do you think? sorry, thirty-one pitches according to the the strike zone. Kes Tech. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is, the Amica strike zone, or right. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Sure, sure. Amica's uh, a sponsor now. Yeah, thirty-one wrongly called pitches Oof. in that game, which was good for I think sixth worst this season. That's um, it. Which is, I guess, you know, kind of bad, but just the worst time that he could have made a, a bad call, two bad calls. Right. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. Well, I think what was what most frustrating about it was that <clears throat> the first, the pitch on three and one was a borderline pitch that Poppy was very demonstrative about his disbelief that it was a strike. And then you kind of felt when he rang him up that he did it to Out show who was yep. the boss. Yeah, and yeah. that's just not, there's no place for that and in sports. And that's why Poppy blew up. And that's why I think it's it's getting such pub and reaction. Is You know, A, it led to a huge explosion by Poppy. But when you insert yourself into a game like that, and I think for some whatever reason, baseball umpires have a, a little bit more of a tendency to do that than maybe, maybe NBA refs could kind of fall into this category too. Yeah. But where they really just, you know, they insert themselves into the game, and it felt like he inserted himself. Yeah. I, I kind of feel bad for the umpires. I mean, in baseball, it seems like of all the sports, those are the ones that get shown up the most, you know? And, you know, it. I, I'm all for getting Keztek in there to be, like, the strike call, the strike and ball call. Like, I don't want it to be a challenge system where you're challenging balls and strikes. I just want it automatically called. And you keep the umpire So what, the umpire would be back there and he'd just take a signal from center field, like green or red? Or a buzzer in his pocket mm-hmm. that's signal, and, you know. And so allow that to happen and get rid of all the other replay. All the other replay is garbage. I mean, this stuff they have now where guys challenge in – Eight out of ten or nine out of ten times, they just go with the call on the field, because either the guy made a good call or there's not enough evidence to overturn it. So it's like, is it worth it for that one out of ten to hold the game up as much as they are? Especially when you're this is supposedly a sport that is like being conscious about how long the games are. While I agree with you there, there's actually a lot more that goes into it when you start talking about auto calling balls and strikes. Um, first of all, you have players that are different sizes. So the difference between Ortiz's and Pedroia's strike zone is quite a bit different, right? Um, Pedroia's strike zone starts like a foot off the ground. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, and I heard somebody saying that the other night, the smart guy they bring in, the uh, writer from uh, Alex Byer. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of mentioned the stuff mm-hmm. and how like it hasn't come along. That Amica pitch zone doesn't adjust for. But I mean, and, and the let's other... go. How long have we have Kes had? If we've had Kes for over fifteen years, yeah. we don't have the technology now to adjust it for guys' height and well, like. Well, the other thing, zone. the other thing is that 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 strike zone is t- it's taking a point in time, right? Where you also have a a prism of a strike zone where it starts with you know maybe at the front of the plate, maybe an inch in front of the plate to, you know. I don't know what a, what is it a, uh, the back of the plate or like a half a foot behind the plate, right? So there's a gray area there where you can say, okay, well, did it cross the prism at some point during the pitch? Um, they don't have the technology right now, from what I know, t- to be able to detect. Okay, and and well, and then ridiculous. again, you know, you have a batter that's changing where he's standing in the box, and there's just a lot of variables. I don't think that they're at the point now where they can do that. That's that's amazing to me that yeah. they have not. 
dialed that in to the point Sega where has it down pretty good. For yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know why they get, just can't I mean, translate that. Get the that Sega to, people you know on I mean? board. <laughs> right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. Extending that hitting streak. He's our number eight is he, batter. Is he at like 14 right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's no. impressive. Yeah, I think. And Xander. Xander, Exa- everybody. <laughs> and Xander. Xander. So he's got Extended a little hit streak hits, going? Hits, hits. What's he, like 10? With a home run tonight. Yeah, that was nice. Um, yeah, it's so it's good to see like the old guard still hitting, and now these young guys can kind of like get hot at their own time you know we haven't seen the best of Mookie we had that one week of like vintage Mookie but he hasn't really gotten on one of his tears yet Mm -hmm. now JBJ's heating up we got Petey heating up Poppy's been good pretty much all year maybe a lackluster week in there but I'm gonna flip the script on someone flip the script here who I've been a little bit of uh feel like a positive light for and now the light's gone for me oh boy I'm done um I'm through with trying to hope for the best for him. Okay. One Clay Buckholtz. And Oof. I know he just had one of his best outings. Right. And it was that outing which basically sealed the fate for me. I mean, he came out in the first inning and was getting smashed. And it was just so disheartening. And yes, he turned it around. And he let up a home run in the first inning. And uh, he turned it around and ended up turning around one of his turning in one of his best outings of the season. Right. Some of the stats that were being called out in that first inning while he was getting destroyed were just overwhelming. I mean, he's got the highest uh, at, against him. He has the highest average against him with runners in scoring position in the last three years of any pitcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I saw that. For that the bad. last three years. That's unacceptable, man. That's the. I mean, if we really truly want to be one of the elite teams in the AL this year, they got to get a real number two because he's just too up and down. And I, personally, I don't think he has the mindset. I think he's shot, man. He's all over the mound. They're talking about trying to speed up the time he takes in between pitches. And I, I'm just... I've never really reacted well to those guys that like slow way down when they they start struggling, and he's one of those guys that slows way down. He's got the he just he's uncomfortable to watch right mm-hmm. now, even when he's successful, which he was the other night. I was just you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Well, don't you think we got some answers in this very same rotation already in Stephen Wright and or Rick Porcello? Both of those guys are pitching well enough to be a number two. I mean, absolutely. But I'm, what's going to happen? More worried about well, David Price, thirty-one million dollar year guy, than I am about Buckles at this point, who's making the inverse thirteen. I'm not worried about salaries Price. at this point. We've already yeah. spent it, and I'm not worried about Price the way that I'm worried about Buckles because David Price is David Price, yeah, and he doesn't have the highest batting average against him right. with runners in sw- for three straight years. I don't know how the guys. How do you even turn that around? Yeah. I mean, and he's just had a terrible start. He looks so uncomfortable out there. I mean, he needs to be dealt to Cincinnati or somewhere where you know they're good enough team, but he's just got no pressure on him. Wow. wow. So, so here's the thing: we have. I'm gonna kind of expand it into the larger give, give talk about the rotation. You know what things we can look forward to. Sure. Uh, we do have Joe Kelly. In the wings here, uh, throwing some bullpen sessions. 
Yeah, I think he's going to get a rehab stop on Wednesday down in Pawtucket, I believe. All indications that I'm, what I'm hearing is that you know he's still a couple starts out. Um, they're not going to rush him back with that shoulder. They're going to make sure that that shoulder is ready to go before they bring him back. And they really have no need to rush him back either. Um, we do have Eduardo, who I just got word today that uh, his next start might be for the Boston Red Sox. Yes. I mean, he had a, he had a start today for uh, Pawtucket. Went five and two-thirds, threw in pitches uh, in the 80s, I believe. Um, 93 pitches, 60 for strikes, uh, and allowed uh, three runs. Uh, on six hits, two bombs, so mm-hmm. maybe not that sharp. And it seems like the next hole up is coming up here real quick on Tuesday because that's the Henry Owens hole because he was sent down. Sean yep. O'Sullivan, yep. Uh, you know, obviously he's getting a shot because it's the Boston Red Sox and they always give shots to Irish boys. Uh, he's up, and so he's kind of been a little bit of a journeyman. So he might get the start Tuesday or it could be maybe even Brian Johnson I'm hearing. Well, the other thing is they might just uh, skip the fifth man in the rotation right. and just start over again. Oh, okay. Um, but – Yes, you're right. Uh, Henry Owens was going to be the one who was going to get sent down uh, when Eduardo comes back. Also, what I've been hearing, which is quite interesting, and I think that uh, we talked about this a little bit and you were kind of on the same uh, opinion I was, is that when Joe Kelly comes back, is that Stephen Wright is still the one who's going to be sent to the bullpen from all indications. Now, that just blows my mind because I, mean, I don't know how we do that because he's our best pitcher right now. So yeah. I don't understand how the Red Sox can come out and say that. That being said, I do – I don't think you can pull him either. You can't pull him. He's pitching way too good. I mean, yeah. like we said, third best ERA in the AL. One I mean, complete game this season we yeah. have. Yeah, and it's him. And it's like – but there is that attraction to having that change of pace – being more available to you like on an everyday basis as opposed to just once every fifth day. I can see that being attractive. I don't it's not attractive bull, to me at all. No, our, no. our bullpen is already crowded. We're, our bullpen is fine. We don't need him in our bullpen. Because he's needs. only gonna come in in long relief and it's it's just too disruptive to a team. I, I feel like when a knuckleballer is truly in his groove and in his rhythm, he knows he's coming in every fifth day, and the players know that they're going to have to be a little bit more on. Yep. The catcher knows before he's he's coming in that day that he's going to have a terrible day, and that's the way it's going to be. But when it's a 2-2 ball game, and they're up against the Yankees, and it's the seventh inning, I, I, I don't even necessarily want Stephen Wright to come in. Right. Because what if his knuckleball is dancing so well that, like, He's got a pass ball, yeah. uh, you know? Yeah. So, I, I personally, I don't think you mess with what Stephen Wright has going on. You don't touch that. You don't go near it. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you say the right things for the veterans right now, but with starting pitching, especially for the Red Sox the last couple of years, things have had a way of sifting down. Everyone, We've constantly been talking about how they have a surplus, surplus of pitching, right. and then all of a sudden it's still, still consistently an issue for them yeah. year in and right. year out. So, Do you see any um, world where, especially with Price's struggles right now, uh, where we go to a six-man rotation? No. No? Mm-hmm. I mean, because... It's like we have that depth, you know, in in the in the starting rotation. When Eduardo comes up, I don't want to see. Well, granted, he's going to take that Henry Owen spot, but if they want to bring Joe Kelly up and make him a starter, let's go six. And then it's like because you have all these guys, everybody other than Price 
is going to be on some sort of an innings limit. So it's like, why not take care of that gradually throughout the season rather than get to a point where you're in the start of September and it's like, oh, sorry, this guy's at 160 innings, he's out. Well, I and I'm going to take this a different direction. I think the bigger question is at the, at the beginning of the season, you know, we were all talking amongst ourselves, you know, when do we get to the point where we talk about trading for another starting pitcher? Uh, now we're in kind of a different situation, right, where we have, you know, we have kind of have a surplus of pitching, not not necessarily good pitching, but we have a surplus of pitching. <laughs> where where are we looking? Are we a, realistically are we looking for a number two behind, assumably David Price by the end of the season, or are we looking for you know trading out trading for a guy that's going to round out our rotation when eventually you know Joe Kelly and Clay Buckles get hurt again? You know, I'm what, looking what for we? Dombrowski to finish the branding of this team that he hasn't finished doing yet. David Price was like the outline of the first branding. And now this in-season trade that's going to involve Clay Buckholz and another one of our prospects is going to bring us the second piece of his genius concept that he has for the 2016 Boston Red Sox. I hear you about Dombrowski. I mean, I was thinking like that. He, other is he just going to sit on the sidelines while this happens with other people's players? Come on! No, instead he's just going to totally pillage the Ben Sherrington, Theo right. Epstein built farm system and ship it away for somebody. But, but he's going to wait. He's going to wait and we'll be patient, hold. And, and I mean, we've got yeah, Swihart going to left field. We're talking about down in Pawtucket. He's playing some outfield. You know, there. we have a little bit of a logjam system going on mm-hmm. here in our in our lower tiers. And to me, I don't know. I, I think I mean, something has to change in the rotation. It's going to the guys that are starting the starting five are not going to be the starting five at the end of the season, and they're not. Dombrowski's intended five. This is not who he wants to put out there every five days. You know? Yeah, I, I kind of thought coming into the year that he was going to make a big splash, like get a bring, like bring in a Chris Sale or somebody like that, somebody of that ilk. But where the Chai Sox are out to a good that hurt start, us. yeah, and he is unbelievable right now. The price might be too high on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it isn't Buckholtz, mm-hmm. and you know, it's Buckholtz and uh, Raphael Devers and Andrew Benatendi, yeah. and you I, know, yeah, I don't think their White Sox are sellers either at this point. Yeah. No, they're they're winning to it. That's why taking two out of three, you know, in Chai Town from them was so impressive, and yeah. kind of lessens a little bit of the sting of uh, Friday night and only taking one out of three in the Bronx. But tonight and having that stopper in there was very nice. So, you know, you mentioned uh, Dombrowski maybe, maybe making a big splash at some point this season. Um, you know, I was reading an article, and there's a lot of analysts that are out there this week saying, look, Los Angeles Angels need to trade Mike Trout. Um, you know, obviously the Angels are going to come out and say it's not going to happen. And, wow. you know, f- I, I think it would be crazy for them to trade him. But, you know, the Red Sox came up as a possible team that could put together a package wow. that the Angels, you know, would take. So, wow. you know, I, I don't even want to entertain that idea because it's so far-fetched. Oof. But Oof. with all this talk we're doing about, you know, trading pitchers and, and you, know, ha- you know, having a deep farm system, I wanted to make our first question to the fans. Question to the fans. Question, question to the fans. I like it. Question, question, question. To the fan, to the fan, to the fan. <laughs> I want you guys to tell us who we should be trading. Who, which positions are we buying at? 
um, put together some some possible trade situations for us, and we'll discuss them on next week's show. All right, let's discuss one right now. Seeing how you brought up Mike Trout, arguably the best player in the American League, actually probably not, arguably definitely, mm-hmm. maybe the best player in the American. And actually, just throw out another Poppy Don't Retire stat. Since June 11th last year, when Poppy started hitting the top three OPS in baseball, Bryce Harper, David Ortiz, Mike Trout. Oof. That's not a guy ready to retire. Wow. But anyways, if they Trout's gonna up. take Trout's gonna take bets going, uh, Moncada, mm-hmm. uh, Anderson Espinosa, and then probably like you know two other prospects. Mm-hmm. I'll throw an adult size hissy fit on this show if they do that. Yeah. We can't get rid of bets. I don't want to break up what we have going no, on right now no. in that outfield. Kill to me, bees. that is just, it's one of the best defensive setups up the middle, outfield, everywhere yeah. that I've seen. I don't want to mess with this mojo right Brock now. I, I will mess with that. I'll take Mike Trout all day. You can put yeah. together the craziest package, and I'll take that. Man. Yep. It's a good ball player. Ugh. So, Eduardo Rodriguez. Because we need power. I mean, we need power. Eduardo Rodriguez. Mookie Betts, Rafael Devers, and Anderson Espinosa. You're in. You're in on Mike Trout. Uh, man, if we could like try to switch Espinosa out and like maybe give it to somebody else, but yeah, the rest of that I'm okay with that. Wow. Yeah. You are on Ludes. Mookie Betts. <laughs> this kid is a once in a lifetime player. I mean, you see how quick his hands are. Did you it's see just... the? You see the special tonight or the before before the game where he hit like the thing with his mom and he was like. Yeah, when um, his mom got up there and told a story about how when he was five years old, he told her that he wanted to hit it back to her as hard as he could so he could hit her, and he did. He, at five years old, he drilled it off his mom's head after he told her he was going to do it. She's like, I'm never throwing to you again. So then he, and she was like the, the team baseball coach. I mean, this is a natural net, and she was an unbelievable athlete, and, and apparently he was just an incredible athlete all the way through. Great bowler. Mike Trout is a, is Mrs. an unbelievable Betts. athlete, but Mookie Betts has it. I don't want to, and he's homegrown see, has it. You it's know. like don't get rid of that. Do you think that he maybe needs to downsize his chain a little bit? Because maybe that's throwing off his well, batting. I mean, how can you how can you say that when you got your leader wearing uh, uh, an Olympic medal? Well, from he the, has like earned the... the right to wear that Olympic medal. <laughs> I mean, but the big poppy one this year is just yeah. crazy. Dude. <laughs> the, yeah. the medallion, yeah. Thing. It's uh, all the one he wears. The yeah. one he wears, oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's so. I mean, that's for real. Yeah. You know, and I mean, even like Travis Shaw wears like bling. He's got like the mayor big... of Ding Dong City, yeah. Travis Shaw himself. Oh boy, I mean, whatever that guy wears, <laughs> I don't care if it's a cowbell around his neck. I mean, that guy still yeah. rakes whatever it takes. I mean, and just under the radar raking. And uh, our boy Hanram, who we touched upon earlier, you were kind of lambasting a little bit last yeah. week because he only had one bomb. He now has three bombs. Yeah, two you know, this week. Yeah, he and hit, I believe two of those to Oppo. Yeah, that first one he hit it was a little weird because he took a really high leg kick, and I thought he was trying to work out that high leg kick like out of his swing. Yeah, uh, he's brought it back a little bit, but man, he really got a hold of that one, huh? Yeah. And the other thing you got to remember about the Sox and their power, everything that you're hearing and seeing, the weather has not been on their side, especially yep. in Boston. So. You know, a lot of the Latin guys are used to growing up playing in the warm weather, and it's like, hopefully, when we do start getting some warmer weather, yeah. the bats are going to pick up just because. Definitely. I mean, not only Hit the bats, usually warm but, up uh, with the weather. Not only the bats, but 
there was a bunch of uh, statisticians going around saying that David Price is the Peyton Manning of the MLB, where he is terrible in cold weather, and that as the season progresses and it starts getting warmer, uh, his performance tends to to increase, and he seems to do a lot better. So, I mean, cross my fingers that yeah. that's going to hold Hopefully true. Hopefully, there's right? some dumb teams that make the playoffs because yeah. that's October. It's pretty cold. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And maybe that might explain to his. That might explain some of his uh, past. No, it's an El Nino year. You know, it could be warm. Maybe we can pack it in the trout deal. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I would. Uh, no, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I would do that. No, you I'm wouldn't do ready. that. I'm not ready. Really? To, oh, now he's not, talking. Not if I'm putting him in with a bunch of our prospects too. No, I'm yeah. not ready to well, do that. I mean, no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like our favorite son on this show. We haven't even talked about him this week, and he yeah. made a major development oh, with wow. the panda. Not going to be seen for the rest <clears throat> of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fantastic news. What will we talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, let's just talk about this is great. So I'm just going to reminisce reminisce back to, reminisce. you know, a season ago when we signed Hanley and Pablo in the same week, and I was just thinking, man, our lineup is going to be so hardy, so powerful, you know? And I was so pumped. I, w- I looked up some stats, you know, of how, how Standoval was doing. Uh, with the Giants in 39 games and even year playoffs he was batting 344 and uh, World Series game one 2012 he had three homers in one game now from an outsider looking in I'm looking at this deal like yes that is great right now the news comes out that the Red Sox have built no insurance into his contract at all and apparently with big contract players that's that's very uncommon for them to do that now outside looking in i'm thinking yes this is great we just got a great hitter how does the how does the red sox general management let a deal like that get signed and not have any insurance especially when you're looking at a guy who's you know all indications is not keeping uh you know that yeah, that I mean, there had to be body. some weight stipulations put in there or else you don't make a certain, you know, number you call. We talked a little bit about this week, like as, uh, last week, about instead of having an incentive-laden contract, maybe having a decentive-laden contract where it's like, okay, you don't make this money if you don't, you know, yeah. certainly achieve this. But, I mean, just, you know, not to beat a dead horse, it is nice to have him not around. And almost like... Remind you of Hanram last year when he got hurt at the beginning. Like he was kind of hurt after smashing his shoulder on the wall early mm-hmm. in May, but then finally in September, early September, they're like, "Just go home, yeah, for the rest of the season." And it like feels like this is the same thing with Panda, you know. And I think it really kind of worked if that was a motivational tune for Hanram. He didn't really like getting sent home and not being around the team on a mm-hmm. daily basis and I think he really shows with the new attitude he's come back with this week uh, this year and uh, you know I don't think that's a small part of why he has come back with that that and you know the move back to the infield obviously but so maybe next year it's a situation where you know we get him out of mind, out of sight out of mind so far for this year but he can retain some of his value before we ship him out of town. How does he gain any value back? He comes back with yeah. a good shoulder. Yep. Um, Manny is uh, hand rams in the DH hole. Poppy's retired. And a panda has a good chance to win the third base job back. Okay. You it's, put Travis Shaw at first base? Or I put Travis Shaw at third and have Panda learn how to play first. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, maybe I could be convinced that maybe he gets some, some of his 
Mojo back in the DH role, but I don't, I don't, I don't see. Or maybe him. plays a little DH. I don't see him playing the infield for the Red Sox ever again. What if he loses twenty pounds? Boom, he's back to two seventy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to have something happen to Travis Shaw. He's gonna if he plays the season out, he's gonna come in as the starting third baseman next year. And do you want that? Do you want that guy to be facing that drama of having to fight off Panda and this and that? Well, no. There's going to be a spot for him, whether it's third or first is where it comes out. I mean, the guy's playing third and playing third at a high level, I mm-hmm. think, this year. But he hadn't played it since college, you mm-hmm. know, mostly in the pros and in the minors. He was a first baseman. So I think either way, you have a solid defensive, you know, pretty solid defensive guy playing first or third out of Travis Shaw, wherever yeah. he is. But his bat's he made a couple weird plays when he played first base this year for the Sox, though. Yeah. Well, there's got to be something to that. When you're yeah. playing third base, you know, sure. 14 out of 15 games, and then you're thrust over the other side of the diamond. It can't be that easy, you know. Nobody can make the transition as smooth as, uh, you know, a Brock Holt. Uh, looking ahead real quick to this week, uh, back in the friendly confines, a chock full week, seven days. What's up? Uh, just before we make any predictions, okay. I wanted to just ask you guys real quick. Any more what-if situations that we can put around the Pablo thing? Because if not, I want to make a pact with you guys right now. Okay, make the pact. I want to make a pact that we're not going to talk about Pablo for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah, this is it. Because there's literally nothing else to say. Unless he shows up at the end of this season and there's a picture of him rocking a six-pack, I don't want to have any any more conversations. Oh, no, he's out of sight, out of Deal? mind. Yeah, Deal? of course. Right. Deal? The, Reds, the Red Sox already did that Deal? By, sen- yep. by sending Deal? him out. I mean, okay. he's on the 60-day okay. DL. Okay, so in town this week, we got the Athletics of Oakland and the Astros of Houston. Boom. Little little, little AL West tilt for you this week. Yep. Got to go 5-2, and two, right? And the friendly confines. They need a good homestand here. They do need a good homestand. Yeah, my prediction is that uh, David Price uh, starts on Tuesday. It's David Price bobblehead night Ooh. and he is going to turn it around i think he's going to have like 13 strikeouts yes and uh he'll go deep into the game i like it i yeah. love that seven yeah. innings at least minimum yeah. he's fired up mm-hmm. he's, he's fired up to go. He, he i mean the good thing about it is there's there's a difference when your number one is struggling and your team is struggling then there's the other option of your number one is struggling and your team is doing well. Right. That's what we have going on right now. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Like, it, everyone's going to have their turn to struggle this year. Yeah. If we're going to play the way we're playing right now, which is good enough, yeah. and our number one is not truly going to be our number one, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about this. And the Red Sox are coming up on a schedule right now that's very manageable. A lot of teams that they should win. they really got to put a good stretch together here in these next three weeks. Mm-hmm. And just something real quick. I know we talked about the beginning of the season – um, you know, that Chapman suspension, he's available to come back, I think, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, oh, if the Yankees can be like 10 and 20 in those 30 games, we'll be feeling good. I believe they're 11 and 19. So, yep. so and, nice. the, and their offense has not been doing what exactly. they usually do. Their so, bullpen has still been good, even with him. Their but bullpen's it's the offense, amazing, so but their offense is, you know, so. If Cashman compiled that uh, very same lineup in 2006, he'd have a nice, nice team. Unfortunately, it's 2016. Beltran is, you know. Beltran, Teixeira, you know. Yeah. Even Jacoby. Oh, Jacoby. Did you see him the other night? He took third base, stopped. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. He did. I mean, he's fragile. Thank God. Yeah, he pulled something. 
Well, we got to sign off, gang. But uh, for Kevin Finn and Ben Fay, I'm Mike Conley. This has been another edition of a Red Sox Wrap 360. To all the moms out there, I hope you enjoy your day. Enjoy the week, why don't you? Go Sox. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Go Sox. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.